Hey, my name is Brandon Kellum from American Standards, and you're listening to my chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. wrong song is crazy i love it welcome back to the next chapter of as the story grows my name is trav wrong has a new album coming out on april 29th on relapse records and that song this song that you're hearing is called boil and i love it and i'm super stoked about it okay let's cover over some uh let's cover some of the important stuff and get right into it. Today we're going to be talking to Brandon Kellum of the band American Standards. What a rad dude. Another great conversation with somebody else I never met before. He's great. We cover a lot of really interesting stuff. He kind of gets under the hood a little bit. Tells us a little bit about Victory Records, leaving, doing it on your own. Man, I'm excited to give this one to you. This is cool. This week signifies being... As the story grows for one year. Last year on April 5th, my cousin Steven and I put out the first episode, first chapter, as we like to call it, of As the Story Grows. And so it's been a year. Thanks everybody for listening. I know there's people that have listened to every single episode. A couple of you nutbags have listened to them multiple times. That's crazy. But uh, I went through and I ran some numbers and... um, of the episodes that we only posted this year, it's like over 28,000 listens. Small potatoes compared to some other podcasts, but for a dude in a basement talking to people and getting 28,000 people to listen, I'm super proud of that. Did some other work this week too. Thanks, Seth, for your uh, website and internet web's prowess, but uh, the two major changes that we've done is... 
have to humble myself. I'm back on Facebook. I am not, I'm not happy about it, but I'm starting to realize that there's some people out there that just don't utilize email and it's, you're just not going to get a hold of them until you're on Facebook. Yuck. So I'm dancing with the devil right now and uh, I'm back on. So if anyone wants to go to the Facebook page, you can go to the show notes. There's a link in there. You can follow the Facebook, blah, 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 blah. You know how Facebook works. I, I hate myself just for having to say that out loud. But anyway, we're back on there. And the second thing is, there's links all over the place for it now. Uh, sign up for the email list. We're going to be sending out stuff off the grid. Um, I want you all to take advantage of that. There's going to be extra stuff out in the email list. All kinds of stuff coming down the pike. I keep telling you guys, there's new stuff coming, there's new stuff coming. Hang in there. This is part of it. I think that's everything. Blah, blah, Patreon, blah, blah, iTunes reviews, blah, blah, blah. You guys know what to do. Go down, scroll down to the bottom, check out the show notes. Click around a little bit, have some fun. Next week, we are going to be talking to the one and the only Jason Hamaker, the drummer from Frodus. It's going to be a long one, and you're going to love it. Uh, get comfortable. Coming out of this, we're going to be talking to Brandon Kellum from American Standards, and this song that you're listening to is called Still Life. So here we go. Let's flip this joint over to Brandon Kellum. Sounds great. We sound wonderful. Awesome. We're killing it already. I sound like sexier than normal. <laughs> the look <clears throat> and the voice <laughs> up a bit. <laughs> I went to a record show with a <coughs> buddy of mine and uh, we stopped at a diner and I had a cheeseburger, lots of dairy. So I'm going to be all <clears throat> mucusing the whole time. It sounds like you're getting sick there. How's uh, tearing up the floor? You probably got all that stuff in your lungs. Right? I have my daughter's carpet in my lungs right now. So, yeah. Good that's stuff. Love. That's not love. I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I love her. Little shit. Hope she appreciates it. <laughs> How's uh, the daughter? I have two 13-year-old twins. Boy, oh, girl. Wow. and uh, Living a nightmare right now. And uh, and an 8-year-old boy. Yep. Two 13-year-old girls. So that's got to be rough. Uh, boy, girl, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's... Well, that's, that's where I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. More power to you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, let's get started. I know you want to get back to your... Uh... No, no ru no rush at all, man. I, I had already planned on this, so we're, we're good. Okay, uh, all right. I think the show doesn't start, the, what our WrestleMania doesn't start till like 7 or 8. It's just say <clears> everybody gets together early, and they've kind of made this a yearly thing. So it's, uh, 
It's not when, you s- when you say everybody gets together, who's that? Uh, it's just a bunch of bands here from Arizona. So if, um, a band called You're Young and then uh, another band called Death Row and Glitter Bomb and, and a few other bands, um, Ghost Mother, they all just kind of get together, uh, have some beers, barbecue, and, uh, and watch WrestleMania. It's nice. Fun time. For the local Arizona uh, listeners, there you go. You have you have something very interesting going on in your backyard. You didn't even know about it. <laughs> Brandon Callum, American Standards. How you doing out there in Arizona? Doing pretty good, man. It's uh it's starting to heat up here, so we've got a good uh ten months of hundred and ten degree weather uh, uh, on the horizon. What possesses you people to want to live in those conditions? <laughs> yeah, those two months of beautiful weather though, they they might make it worth it. I haven't mm-hmm. decided. Oh, I don't know, man. It's a lot. It's a long time of hot weather. It's a bit. It's 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 probably better than shoveling snow, though, right? Well, I've never done ten months of hundred and ten degree weather, but shoveling snow sucks. And what it does to the roads and and the environment and how it, it cracks all of our pavement apart and everything. Yeah, it's it's a bitch, but it is what it is. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think on the other side of that, we just uh, you know, we blow tires every other month here uh, from <laughs> and. Your battery in your car goes dead pretty much every couple months, too, just because uh, the heat corrodes the hell out of all of it. Okay. Oh, God. I never thought of that. Yeah. Plus, get, you, now you put con- in your house, con- uh, your house, your AC, and your uh, car, and your AC at work. So you're just constantly trying to figure out a way to stay underground. Sure. That makes sense. We have, we have a condensation problems out here because it gets warm and then cool and warm and then cool and you get like you get moisture under your distributor caps and you get you get a you get a corrosion from that and, and um our our roads and our concrete splits apart because it's freeze thaw freeze thaw you know what i mean it's yes yeah. if it would just we're, we're above the frost line so it gets a little gets a little weird but feels like we're doing a episode of the car oh. talk here we're a uh, click and clack right <laughs> Very NPR. Let's talk about the weather for three hours. Let's get really close to the mic and talk like this. You guys speak real romantic. This is a splendid table. <laughs> so let's get well. Let's get down to business then. You're standing in a coffee shop right now. You took some time out of the WrestleMania party to talk to me. I appreciate that very much. Oh, no and, problem. Uh, and uh, you actually uh, you contacted me because you said uh, we are going on a little journey. The band is no longer on a label. We're doing everything completely independent. And that is pretty cool. Yeah, we're actually. Uh, I, I came across your podcast because I saw you had uh, Dan and the guys from Zayo on there not too long ago. And uh, yes, always been a huge Zayo fan. I think Zayo is probably one of the uh, the bands that definitely got me more into the the extreme metal. Uh, before that, you know, I was like listening to things like Pantera, and before I realized that he's a, a racist and all that. But, uh, well, he said he was sorry after everyone told him he should probably say he was sorry. So I guess it's all right, right? Did he actually say the words, I'm sorry, though? I feel like he said something to the extent of, if you were offended, and then he just kind of trailed off, you know, with this really deep Bill Ensemble voice. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone started posting clips of him screening White Power back on like the, like, like 94 Vulgar Tour or something like that. It was, it was like, Oh, Phil, come on. I actually haven't seen that yet, man. I haven't seen those clips. Uh, oh, it was it was during give me a second. <laughs> uh clips here. Domination. I think the song was Domination. Okay, okay. Right before they get into that uh gung 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 right before they get into that part, he yelled white power. It was like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, why not? Uh yeah, it's uh people give him a pass too just because 
from the south. I don't know how long that's going to last. So. Yeah, really. Well, that's that's cool that you jumped ahead and you're starting to talk about that because on your Wikipedia page, it says they're also known for Kellum's socio-politically charged lyrics, which have included topics such as corporate satire, materialism, personal struggle, and urban alienation. Sounds like we got a little bit of a thinking man's lyricist going on here. So I'm kind of glad you jumped into that already. <laughs> I just led you right into it. Yeah, man. I uh, I think I kind of fell into this point at some point. Uh, I've been playing in bands now for about 15 years. And some point in the, that uh, in that lifespan of being in bands, I think I stopped uh, trying to write about love and hate like a lot of the bands do. Um, yeah. Just feel like I don't have a whole lot uh, more to add to those topics that haven't already been said. So I started writing more about... Uh, just kind of life and what I experienced, man. Um, uh -huh. Things that mean something to me more than just, you know, just uh, the passion of one moment. Right. I like that. That's a, that's a good way to put it because so much of heavy music is based off of a uh, just unbridled pissed off, throw your arms. This is bothering me right now. That kind of thing. It's actually usually a bunch of really nice people that are all really, really good to each other. But for some reason, there becomes like this this flare up of of emotion and pissed offness and anger, and it, it's almost it's almost false at times because man, they're having a blast on stage. The guys are having a blast in the pit, but there's like this hateful anger thing going on. And I I, I am a little bit I, I I do tend to I mean I love party rock too, man. Who doesn't love a Van Halen song? You know what I mean? But but I I, I do like. I do like to think a little bit about some of the lyrics that I'm, that I'm listening to. And if they go a little deeper than just I'm mad about this or kind of painting with a broad brush. I like, I like when they kind of narrow in and, and talk about something specifically. You know, you got a good point there, man. When it, uh, when it comes down to it, I think uh, there's no band out there that's, or I'm sure there are some bands, but a lot of those bands up there that sound really angry and everything that they're, they're getting it out of them, but they don't want to put it on to other people. But sometimes they bring out the worst in people when it comes to uh, yeah. the hash and all, all the, uh, the insaneness that goes on at shows. I mean, it's just, it's a, uh, it's sad to see, you know, how, how often a show ends in a, in a fight or people getting kicked out and all uh -huh. this uh, just cause they, they feel they want to be uh, you know, tough guys in the pit. Right. Yeah. I know. I've seen it. I, I heard somebody recently say on a podcast that there's a difference between being angry and having anger you know what i mean and i think there's a lot there's a lot of a there's a lot of this music that is frustrated and pissed off at establish you know establishments and religion or whatever you can take that down just about any path you want and they have anger about it and they want to channel it into something and that's where you can watch i don't know mashuga and 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 what they do and it just comes across as this jagged edged pissed off oh, it just it just taps a vein the problem is it's tapping into the angry people that that paid money to come in and then you throw them all in one giant ballroom and say there you go fellas behave yourself it's not gonna happen man yep this is true i mean i, I think uh we we realize every time we go out on the road that almost every city we play in you know a venue that we played at maybe six months or a year ago is closed down because you know, they've got fights or they're, they're serving, you know, underage people or whatever else it might be. They're bringing a lot of the, uh, the, the bad side of, uh, of it into, uh, into the venues, like you said. Yeah, no doubt. 
Yeah, and then throw alcohol into the mix too. Let's 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 feed everybody eight dollar beers while we're at it. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. what are some of the uh, socio political stuff that that's gotten under your gotten under your skin that you decided you needed to write about? I mean, f- forgive me, I'm I'm just not familiar. I'm not I'm not I don't I don't celebrate the uh, American Standards catalog until you emailed me. So I'm, I'm glad this is this is how the story grows. Get it? Yeah, get that, get that. This is like. This is new music to me. This is this is great. I love discovering stuff like this. I'm doing it organically in front of people. So, tell me a little bit about what you're what you're trying to say. There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you better start celebrating that catalog, man. There's Working no- on it, dude. Can't oh, listen yeah. to everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got what three uh, three releases really, and we get shorter every time we go. We first put out the the eight songs, and put out the five, then put out the three. <laughs> uh, we're working on a full length right now, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out and we're like, all right, we're just going to put out like a 30 second clip of a song for a little bit, <laughs> give you a little taste. Um, no, nah, but it's, it's about a lot of different stuff, man. I think uh, mostly nonpartisan stuff, but by no means are we trying to tell you how to how to think or how to act. I think it's, it's really the opposite. It's just kind of questioning stuff. Um, from my background, uh, definitely not a, a religious person. I don't claim any one political party or anything like that. Okay. I, uh, I really feel that the uh, the establishment of, of creating kind of this tribe mentality of Democrats and Republicans and Christians and Catholics and Muslims and and even down to to other stuff. I mean, if you bring it to the politics and shows and stuff like straight edge and not straight edge, there's so many ways that uh-huh. we uh, divide ourselves as a people. And, and at the end of the day, it just creates this inherent hatred for other people because they they uh, subscribe to a different ideology than you do mm-hmm. um i mean when we look at any war i mean the basis of pretty much any war is religion really um and, yeah, and I, awesome. any religion is going into it thinking that they're they're wrong or they're right uh they're going into it with the best intentions but because of uh we divide ourselves with these titles it really makes uh you know people just feel mm-hmm. like all right i'm part of this tribe and you're part of that tribe and i, I now have to uh uh, kind of go against whatever you say. Um, right. At the end of the day, if we just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, or we just think with our minds and critically think about what the right answer is to us, not what the right answer is to our our uh, our associated labels, um, you know, the world would be a lot better. I don't know that we're ever going to get there, or it's definitely going to be a le- very very long process. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, you see, like right now with all the uh, obviously all the, the presidential debates and everything sure. you've got people uh, just, you know, going crazy. They're fighting, they're fighting at these debates. They're just be over, you know, over their basically what they think is defending their, their political party, but no one's really going to like see your, your way of thinking just because you're yelling at them or, or you're not going to go up to someone and say, Hey, you like so-and-so and I like this person and I'm going to punch you in the face and now you're going to believe what I believe. Like that just doesn't happen. That just feels more hatred and makes people feel like, uh, like, you know, they have a bigger reason to uh, be against the opposite side. On, on the, on the grander scheme of things that, that, that's how the wars would start though. You know, I'm yep. a, I'm a Trump guy and you're a Hillary guy. Let's throw missiles at each other and settle this. It's, it's like, that's, that's, that's how we think. We yeah. as a planet, pretty sad. I, I'm discovering more and more as I do this podcast. I bet if you sit down and just talk to somebody for an hour, crack open a beer with them, and relax and listen to what that person has to say, most of the time you walk away going, you know what? I kind of get, 
I kind of understand that person a little bit more now. I don't, I don't have the, uh, the automatic, that dude's an asshole perspective that yeah. I did before, you know, kind of, kind of yeah. get, kind of hear, yeah, hear the person a little bit. And then you can say, you know what? I understand more and I'm not mad about it now. Now I want to meet you halfway and compromise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to say that like Democrats are assholes or Republicans are assholes or, or a group of people are assholes. But when you actually understand the people within that group, right. That, start to have that compassion and you start to have that, um, you know, reasonable thinking. Mm -hmm. A a person is, is the most complex, amazing thing walking the earth. People are dumb (laughs) and they, they have a tendency to stop listening to themselves and listen to each other. And then that's kind of where the, 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 the sheep, the blind leading the blind mentality comes in. We're getting really deep, man. I just want to, just want to talk about metal. You know, it's kind of funny how ingrained it is into us. So, I mean, not even when you're looking at politics, because I mean, I've I've never I'm not going to say my whole life I've been a political person or anything like that or uh, whatever it may be. But it's even down to the level of like what style of music you listen to. If you want to go into music, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I definitely remember when I was in like junior high and, and high school and I was listening to like Pantera. For some reason, some part of me at the time thought like, yeah, rap sucks and hip hop sucks and all this stuff. And I put yep. this broad a stroke of anything that's in this other style of music that I don't listen to must be God awful. And the people that listen to it are dumb for listening to it. But now like older, you know, I start to realize like, Hey, there's some, there's some really good artists in every type of genre that have really good, important things to say. And their music is good, even though it may be different from the style I grew up listening to. Absolutely. I I definitely, I think one of the heart, if if we're going to talk musical racism for a second, one of the one of the hardest ones I had to overcome, and quite frankly, I'm still working on it. When someone listens to nothing but pop country music, I just I just assume that they're an unintelligent redneck. For a long time, I was just like that person, and I will probably have nothing to talk about because they they're very interested in 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 Bud Light and gun racks and their pickups, and I just felt like, ah, what am I gonna? How are we gonna hang out? You know, and I, 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 it does. It takes it takes some age, and it takes a couple it takes a couple trips around the sun to realize you know, I, I need to lighten up. <laughs> like that's just not fair. I like again, you get to know the person and realize, oh, that's a rad person. They just happen to like, they just happen to like country music. Okay, whatever. They happen to like hip hop. They're happy. They happen to be completely obsessed with something that isn't heavy music, and that just doesn't sound like it computes to me but you got to be fair to people too they came up a different way you know yeah exactly you have a you have a different upbringing and it's your family and your friends and your neighborhood and, and that's kind of what builds the the first uh foundation of, of you know what your likes and dislikes are right. but you start to realize at some point or or i think a lot of people naturally naturally do you start to realize that to become a more well-rounded person you kind of have to find out you know about other people and about other things i mean um Mm -hmm. not to to jump back into uh politics and religion thing but i think the worst thing a person can do is say that they don't like or they don't believe something when they don't really even understand or know what that thing is um say that you don't believe in christianity and not understand what christianity is or to say you don't believe in buddhism or 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 whatever it is without actually understanding what it is is uh, kind of rough i mean because you're I mean, you know, a lot of people as they, they go through their life, they go through these different stages where they start to uh, believe something completely different than they believed 10 or 20 years before that. There's something to, something to be said for, uh, I just recently, I, I have these types of 
existential conversations all the time. I love them. They they make like you said, it makes you a rounder person, it makes you sharper. I, I just I just love hearing what other people's perspective is. And um, I have a very close friend that said you you need to stop under you need to stop saying that that's what you've always believed, and start realizing that what you mean is that's what you that's what you've chosen to accept. Do you actually believe it or not? And I'm like, I kind of had one of those kaboom moments where I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do have to sit back and say, is that really, is that really what I believe? Or is that just what I've been wired to say that I believe to have, I just accepted it, you know? Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's the, uh, the kid that says he doesn't like uh, Brussels sprouts. And then the, uh, the 30 year old guy that says he doesn't like Brussels sprouts, but he hasn't had them since he was a kid. Right. Right. <laughs> I've just turned. I'm, <laughs> it's so funny you say that. I'm turning a lot of corners with my food. I've always like I never liked those, and then I try them, and I'm like, damn, asparagus is good. What was I? I I just I just don't remember liking it when I was eight, like you said. But yeah, it's it's all the same stuff. I mean, this that's one <laughs> thing I I uh, I start to realize about life as I go on is um, it's all patterns, right? I mean, regardless of what you're talking about, there's a pattern in everything. And when you start to realize that pattern, it almost applies to almost every other aspect. Absolutely does. This is good. This is good. See, this isn't your tip. You said that a lot of guys, uh, they interview and you go, where'd you get the band name from? This is, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is why I love the podcast format. There you this go. Like yeah. No, we, uh, I mean, and I'm not a guy. I don't, um, I don't mean to say that. Like I hate answering that question. It's just the, <laughs> those things it's like you uh we'll, we'll get a lot of um and i mean just like i reached out to you I, I reached out to a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh like blogs and everything that i enjoy following and enjoy reading and sure. we ultimately end up working together and i always kind of cringe to say like there's so much more that we can do that will get people interested and excited about things than the same questions like where are you from how long have you been a band where'd you get your band name from i mean those are great yeah. as this but like you could only read or listen to that many types of interviews. And, and once a couple of those have been done on a band, it's like, well, you're not going to continue listening to that same thing. Let me, let me tell you what my angle is. I, I think, I think you're touching on something interesting and I don't know that I've ever addressed this on the show before, but here's my angle. Um, American standards can put up a song and you have, you've put up songs before. And nowadays let's face it, iTunes and digital music and streaming and, the way that we ingest audio now has trained me that you've got about you've got about 10 seconds to impress me. Go. And if you guys decide to open a song with feedback and you didn't quite get going fast enough, oh, boring, you click uh, on the next one and American Standard sucks and I don't, I don't listen to them, right? And that's just not fair. And we do that to everybody. We, we just, you know, and, and then if somebody comes out as brutal as they possibly can in the first 10 seconds, you're kind of like, yeah, well... Uh, coalesce already did that ah, whatever you know what i mean like like nothing impresses us anymore we've become so desensitized to everything so my goal is to talk to brandon kellum for an hour and hopefully people like you and then they'll feel like they want to invest and go listen to what this guy's about because i kind of heard he sounds like an enlightened chap he sounds like he's got a head on his shoulders when it comes to his his beliefs and his angles and what how he how he perceives the world that's cool let's go give his band a try and then if they happen to like the band I think we got them that's kind of my angle is is you know the whole where'd you get your band name what kind of strings do you use what was it like to record in that giant studio <sighs> yeah what are you gonna say it was terrible I hated it I hated that the label paid for us to spend thirty grand in a studio you know who's gonna who wants to hear that shit I I want to hear I want to hear what's under the hood you know what I mean this is true and you know that's what's gonna 
people always talk about how, you know, people don't go to shows as often anymore. And, and honestly, some of the things that I find out, I talk to uh, to our friends bands about this all the time. So like, if you're not going to other people's shows, if you're not talking to people at your own shows and making them care about you as a person, just like you said, they're going to, they're going to click next the second you, you try to promote to them. People don't want to just hear advertisement. They want to yep. understand who's actually behind that product, regardless of that product, music or, or whatever else it might be a podcast or, or, you know, a bottle of lotion. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. That's, that's the trick. To, Who the hell not, my lotion. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of the key to social media too, is being, um, I don't know, social instead of just like, you know, follow, follow me on Twitter so I can just constantly let you know what's for sale. It's, uh, it's another commercial. It's another bell. It's another, it's, I mean, people go to Super Bowl parties to watch for the Doritos commercial. They're not even watching the games anymore. You know? Yeah, and how many how many bands are saying they're releasing uh, releasing an album and releasing an album to to them is really just throwing a post up on Facebook and and, and even worse than that, let, let, I mean, you let's face it, you've got a couple thousand or or more than that people on Facebook, and the visibility on Facebook might be a couple hundred people. So yep. even other people that are seeing that post, they I mean, they could care less. Right, exactly. Or I, I happen to not be looking at Facebook at that exact time or Twitter. Yeah. Let, you know, let's throw Twitter under the bus too. I don't check Twitter all day. So something really, really cool that I would have loved is 80 tweets down on my feed. I don't, I didn't see it. So it's more of a word of mouth. Like, you know, a buddy tells me, dude, you got to hear this. Yeah. I, I know you and I know you'll love this. Brandon, check this out. I heard this band. I think you'll love it. That, that rings tr more true than any tweet or any Facebook post. Exactly. You got to figure out how to get people to want to come to you and not how you push stuff out to people. Because if they come to you, then like you said, I mean, it's not about you pushing something out and hoping they'll see it. It's them coming back to your page every, you know, couple of days or a couple of weeks. And, right and see if these people have new stuff out there because I actually care about it, you know. And, and when I hear it, I'm going to tell my friends about it. So let's talk about that. American Standards is no longer on a big label. Nope, not at all. We're doing this pretty much, all, I don't want to say all on our own. We, we definitely have some uh, 
a, a good network of people we met over the past five years or so that, uh, you know, if we want to make a video or we want to do pictures or, or do a tour, you know, we, we've got good people that we can reach out to because we've worked with them in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's us talking to everybody. It's us making the calls. It's us uh, sending the emails, you know, me reaching out to you basically and saying, you know, hey, Travis, I want to uh, come on a podcast and, and talk to to your people. And uh, and hopefully we can get you your podcast out to our people and see if people like it. And look at that. And you start mixing all the stuff together and see what comes out. That's good. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's it's to being on the label thing. It's it's almost in these days, it's not really needed for the most part. It's a lot of bands, especially young younger guys. And I feel like I was probably the same way when I was younger. You mm-hmm. idolize, you know, I can't wait to get on a label. Once I get on a label, everything's going to be different. And I'm going to be, you know, riding in a huge tour bus playing these huge shows. But <laughs> let's face it, like most labels these days are not dealing in quality songs or quality bands. They're dealing in quantity because they're not getting the uh, the album sales and the merch sales and the CDs and stuff like that like they used to. Uh, right. So what they're doing is they're putting 40 or 50 bands on a roster and they're hoping that of those 40 or 50 bands, two or three of them take off and really start to carry the rest of the bands. So if you're not of the cream of the crop of the people they're actually focusing on, you're just another name on a label. And it, it doesn't help you a whole lot, you know. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, it's an interesting way to look at it. It's nice to hear that from someone that was actually on a label. Can we can we talk a little bit about um, what dissolved the relationship with Victory Records? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the way we actually... Uh, started working with them is um we're going backwards we started at your newest stuff and i'm working my way up to the top of the wikipedia page <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh yeah so that we started working with them um back in 2011 2012 or so we uh um we had just put out a, an ep which was still life and we were kind of pushing it around uh getting some kind of good organic buzz on you know blogs and websites and uh and this guy, Greg, came out to us. He was working for a label called We Are Triumphant, which is still around out of Boston. And they're uh, a subsidiary of Victory. So they, they do all their distribution and, and uh, merchandise and touring and all that through, um, through Victory Records and, and Tony there. So he, uh, he reached out to us. We had already had a couple uh, labels reach out to us and ask us to, to uh, either re-release the album through them or, or to work with them on a full length. So, um, so when we heard that you know it had the Victory backing and everything... Uh, we, at first, we thought it was too good to be true because we had heard so many promises of, you know, all this grandiose stuff in the past of um, of kind of these empty promises that didn't come through. Sure. So, yeah, we we went about it the smart way and we actually got a lawyer to look into the contract and we, we kind of worked it in a way that worked to our advantage. It was basically one option deal. So we were going to re-release the, the EP and then work on a, a new album. Um, and if things went well, we could renegotiate for another album. If uh, if we didn't like it, we can kind of go our separate ways. No harm, no foul. Okay. Um, so it seemed it seemed really good up front, and really what we started to realize is the only thing that it helped it helped us with is name recognition. When we were going on tours, um, it was nice to say that we had victory. You know, the victory umbrella that was helping us out. Um, people that possibly might not have taken a chance on us were more willing to, you know, book us at bigger venues with bigger bands and and possibly better guarantees than we would have on our own. Okay. So that only helped. Um, but honestly, just like I said, when it came down to it, it was still us um, booking our tours. We were paying for our recording. We were um, pretty much doing everything on our own. And what Victory was doing for us is they're throwing every once in a while to throw a post on their website or on their on their social media. 
Um, mm. They put us on their web store. So, I mean, you can argue that we'd get some traffic through that. Um, but the money from it was, I mean, we were getting paychecks for maybe a couple hundred dollars or less a month, uh, which between, you know, five guys, is not a whole lot. We were doing better when we were selling stuff on our band camp on our own. Um, it wasn't victory, you know, putting us on tour with their, with their bigger bands. It wasn't victory paying for our recording or anything like that. Um, it was uh, us just working on their timeline, you know, well, anything that we wanted to do that we were able to do in the past, we now had to put in a request to do so. Um, hear back from what when we can actually release or or do something and, and then work on their timeline to do so so it's like i said the, the name recognition was great up front but um the actual work that went into us we were a very small band and a, a much larger sea of bands and they just didn't have the time for us you know so can at I the end of that, that uh at the end of the death of rhythm blues which is a, the second ep that we put out mm-hmm. um, at the time which was actually going to be a full length uh, we just decided, you know, let's go at this our, our own way. You know, we, we've kind of experienced this. Now let's let's see, see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've heard, uh, it's been well documented. I've heard horror stories about Tony and Victory, and I'm not going to pretend and understand all the logistics of it or anything, but it was really, it was really the end of a contract. You decided to go your own way. It wasn't like this huge dramatic thing. Yeah. And I guess the one piece, and I, I don't like, I mean, I don't like getting into the details of, of all the the horror stories that, that and, and you don't have to i'm not dragging it out of you man i just yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I mean i'm comfortable with saying that it's really i think one thing that i will say about it is at the beginning when we were booking tours and things like that people are excited to work with us because of victory um towards the end um after you know two short years people would start saying well you're on this label and i don't want to um support a band that's on this label so it was it was gotcha. hurting us more than it was helping us because people knew about um you know the money that they were supposedly taking from bands and the the misrepresentation of album sales uh-huh. and, uh, and you know for example on the the we i trumpet side um deleting bands social medias and websites that ha- they had used for five or ten years to establish a fan base and then deleting those because they were uh, technically owned by the label so that band would essentially be starting at scratch it really uh, a lot of bands. And for us, we hadn't had that experience yet. We had definitely not had a great experience, but we, we hadn't had anything extreme where <clears> I can <throat> say this was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just more of, um, I guess, the foreshadowing. You know, we don't want this to happen to us. Sure, so let's right. get out while we can. Time to and, go. <laughs> right. And no harm, no foul, you know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's 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 – uh not the way things are normally done uh, when it comes to uh, a, a point in, in a band of your size at this point in your career. Usually it's uh, stick with the label or, or if the label doesn't work out, you jump ship to another label or uh, I'm, I'm not talking to a lot of, a, a lot of American standards sized bands that are actually doing everything independently. And that's kind of yeah. what's exciting. That's, that's what's exciting to, for me to talk about because I think that's, um, you know, not to get all touchy feely or whatever, but that's, that's kind of the hope that I think people need to hear for the music industry is that like what everybody wants, what's going on, what's happening out there. What are the answers? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? This is how we're going to fix this. Grab yourself by the boots and do it. You know, you know, it, it, it takes time. And if that's anything, I think anybody can do exactly what we're doing and, and, and we're not unique. There's other bands that are doing it too, but sure. Anybody can do this. But the thing about it is most people, don't want to take the time to do it 
Like honestly, if if you have access to a computer or even your smartphone and you have any inkling of how to use Google, you can figure out how to do things for yourself. You can set up your own press kit. You could, um, you know, find contacts in, in, uh, in the media to send your stuff to. You can find out how to distribute your own stuff. And it it's getting a lot cheaper and a lot easier to do than it ever has been in the past. Um, it just takes a person that's willing to stick to it and spend the time to do it. And, you know, I always say there's always like one guy in the band that's kind of the guy that defaults to the guy that kind of has to do the back end work. Sure. But if you can get a few guys in the band to buy into, you know, let's the work that we put in is equal to the, what we're going to get out of this, then, you know, divide and conquer and, and you can do it fairly quickly, you know, spend a couple hours a day. Hell, you spend a couple hours a day playing whatever flappy birds or whatever app you've got on your phone. Why wouldn't you spend a couple hours a day investing into to your art or your passion? You know what you actually love. Absolutely, yeah, man. Take the take the games off your phone and get something done. Yep, this is true. You're, I mean, if you're, if you're an artist. If you're an artist, you're, you're creating anything and pushing anything out there. Just just you can't you can't possibly work hard enough on it. Like like I I, I actually for a while I was writing down what I did every day, whether it was. Um, I tweeted out something, tweeted out something from my band, I mean, my, my little local band. We're not talking like, I used to be on Victory, but like send out a tweet of, uh, hey, here's a funny thing that we did. Uh, and uh, emailed this person for as a podcast contact or something. I started, I started writing them down um, just to, did I do something? Did I, did I take another, even if it's a little teeny tiny baby step, did I make, did I take a step in in the in the direction of getting something done or did i play flappy birds for four hours you know exactly yeah and it, yeah if you and that makes you feel uh it makes you feel more excited about it i think um a lot of bands they they get their excitement out of you know we've got this show coming up where we've got this uh you know album we're working on and that's great and everything but those aren't every single day uh to your point if you spend you know an hour a day um working on your art and working on promoting your art um, you can have an accomplishment every day that you can be, you know, excited about and and feel pride about. You know, I I put the time in and I got this from it. Right. Very good conversation. This is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy it, man. I I'll I'll nerd out and talk about this stuff all day. Um, I think it's it's kind of funny because on the band page, I mean, a few times a day we'll get messages from bands that are are asking for, you know, what are the good bands in Arizona to play with or what are the venues to play and how do I book a show there? And I think a lot of times they they send out these mass messages to like every band they could find in the era. And they probably don't realize that, you know, I, I'm personally reading every one of those and I'll typically send back a pretty long, not pre-canned response to them about like, you know, I, I listened to one of your songs. I think you'll enjoy these bands. These venues are probably good for you. You know, if you can't get something there, these maybe are like alternatives. Um, we, I mean, we spend the time with them because people have spent that time with us. You know, if sure. uh, when we're booking tours, I mean, we're literally if we if we've never played a city before, we're just relying on the the local bands from that area and the the people from that area that might follow our band page to to help us out and point us in the right direction. Very good. That's good to hear too, because it's be easier to just say Google it. <laughs> but again. <laughs> social media part like i'm trying to trying to forge a relationship here with the person and then it becomes like a if they actually do get the van and gas money and they can actually trek through your area in arizona i bet you're the people that they look up and try to figure out is there a way to connect with and, and you never know where that goes just be nice just be nice to people you know yeah. now there's there's plenty of uh plenty of bands that we've played with back when we started off that 
you know, now they're, they're doing really good. They're blowing up and playing these huge shows and you never know what band in your local scene or, or in the, the small cities you're traveling to, what band's mm-hmm. going to be the next big band. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to um, gauge that stuff. Like maybe in the past you were able to, but now it's, there's so much content being pushed out. And like you said, people are uh, just finding music in so many different ways that they hadn't found in the past that, mm-hmm literally it can be just one thing one uh one song or one thing that you put out that gets shared you know thousands of times and blows up out of nowhere we've seen right. uh we've seen so many bands that were like you know as far as sound goes this isn't the best band but uh, or maybe not just our sound but it's um you know it's something that people latched onto and they they shared with their friends and it it really exploded really quick you know right where on the other side of that you also see artists where you're like these guys are plug in playing shows every night. They're doing their, their DIY tours, you know, 20 days out of every month. And they're uh, playing some of the most talented music I've ever heard, but they're still playing to 10 people every night. Um, Maybe they're not putting in the work to, to promote their stuff, or maybe uh, it just hasn't got that shareable moment where everybody's latching onto it. And I'll bet you all those people, and I bet maybe even the guys in your own band, you're all involved in 20 different things too. You got, you got to, I mean, you got to, you have to do, everything now you have to like like i know uh one guy uh i want to scroll through and try to find who it is but somebody is kind of like in charge of the art aren't they yeah yeah Corey, uh our guitarist he actually um he he does pretty much anything that you've seen on on any merch so any of our t-shirts our buttons or pins or patches all that stuff uh all our albums he's pretty much painted he doesn't um uses pretty minimal Photoshop. So most of our albums and our EPs, things that we put out have been started just by him painting something on canvas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think it adds a more personal element to the band. Cause yeah, we could pay, you know, a few hundred bucks to have someone online make a design for us. Definitely. Um, but it, when we create it within the band, this feels more like, you know, everything that went into this album from the, the writing to the art to even, you know, pressing the album and putting it out there. It's, all the results of the work we put into it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but something that jumped out at me of the information that I found, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the hungry hands release. Uh, you guys crowdfunded that with Kickstarter, didn't you? We did. Yep. It says, uh, raised about $2,500. Yeah. And we, we, it was a pretty modest budget, you know, $2,500 to, to put out an EP. Um, and that included, you know, the recording and the mixing, the mastering and, putting it out on um we put it on cd vinyl like i said pretty pretty modest budget for it but um yeah i want to talk about that that's exactly what i want to talk about it doesn't make any sense i'm I'm reading it and it says raised about twenty five hundred dollars this is the first time that they ever put out cd vinyl and cassette and they also filmed three videos and i was like with twenty five hundred dollars like you have to share a little bit about like what 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 do you guys do i mean not that i I don't want to give away any uh uh, secret recipes here or anything but for, that's not possible to do with $2,500 right if it's a secret recipe we would uh, by all means be sharing it uh, and hoping people would be sharing theirs as well it <laughs> kind of goes back to just since we've been doing it uh, you know as this band for about five years and, and me personally before this I've been playing for about 15 um, it just goes back to working with people that we um, we have something to offer them and they have something to offer us it's really almost a barter system ah, um, okay so, so with the recording, uh, we recorded in Los Angeles um, with our, our good friend Andy Marshall. He uh, he plays for a band called the Sleeping Ghost and a resident peasant out there, and he has a, a studio, a fantastic studio out there, just top of the line gear, tons of amps and guitars and everything else to play with. Okay. Um, 
So really for him, it was us, you know, we, we traded a little bit of money with him, but at the same time, not as much as uh, you'd pay to go to any other studio. I mean, we, we gave him kind of bare bones and like, here's money for your time, but the money are uh, that what we actually kind of, I guess, paid off the album with for the recording was um, helping promote his band, helping get his band on blogs, distribution, things like that. Things that we do for ourselves that he hasn't done in the past for his band. Uh-huh. Um, we, we kind of bartered that. Um, we did the same for, for the music videos. We, we knew a guy that shot videos here locally um, for pressing the albums. Uh, we actually worked with uh, Enjoyment Records, which is out of the, the UK. And uh, Dale, really great guy. Uh, basically what he did was he reached out to us and said, you know, I want to press uh, 500 vinyl and vinyl are very expensive. Um, yep. You know, you could buy a CD for a dollar 20 a CD and sell it for 10 bucks right. vinyl. Typically you're spending, you know, five or $6 per vinyl and you have to buy a minimum of two or 300. Right. Something that's super expensive. But um, the deal we worked with enjoyment records was pretty much, you can press your 500 vinyl. Um, he sent us a hundred vinyl to sell on our own. So basically we got a free hundred vinyl to mm-hmm. a sell on our own and keep all the money for then he sold the the 400 and gave us 20 percent of each one sold um so now not only do we get 100 vinyl out of it to sell it as you know on the road um but we also got you know some money out of it and um and also he had a reason to sell the uh the vinyl because it made him money you know selling sure. 400 on his own so we kind of work with different people we work with uh nacion libre out of mexico um on cassettes and on the uh, the digital distribution right. um, and Torn Flesh actually paid for the uh, the like the online Spotify and, and iTunes and everything. Um, so we kind of just worked with a bunch of people that we knew that we that we respected and wanted to work with, and uh, kind of traded you know what we do in return for what they do. Nice. Well, very that we're gonna very well. Like, <laughs> boils down to um, having those relationships with those people. It's not. It's not. There is no map. It's just a. Uh, the fact that you've been building bridges for 15 years. Hey dude, calling in a favor. One of those things I can, I can kind of pay you back a little bit with what I do, you know? And that, and, and the fact that Corey, Corey, right? Yep. Corey. The, the fact that Corey does your artwork and everything, you, I guess you're not paying graphic design people. You got a dude to do it, you know? And that seems to be uh, you guys, you guys looked, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting into the uh, information about your band now to talk to you for the podcast, but you look very refined and very efficient from what I've read and, and, and read up on and, and cranking out music videos, like your music videos are not cheap. Like, like any, I work, I could click on the cameras and you and I are quote unquote making a video right now, but I'm talking like you had like actors and like, um, the, the one, the one song that you had with the, um, like the drug deal gone bad. Yeah. The harvester. Can, yeah. Yeah. The harvester. Can, can you, can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause hold on, hang on. The part that really grabbed me about it was the scene where, when the deal went bad and the guy had a gun to his head. Yeah, I, bu- yeah. I, I bought it. I totally bought it because he was doing that thing where he had his he had his hands out and his arms were shaking. Like, like I really legitimately felt like like I'm watching like a movie clip at this point. Like, like can you tell us about that video? The video was excellent.
Yeah, you know, that one was actually a lot, it was a lot of fun to film, and um, we, we made the concept for the video, and it, it it's good that you caught on to it, and what the, the whole idea of it was, because um, it's, it became a more complicated video than I think even we uh, anticipated from the beginning. <laughs> um, so we pitched this to to Carlos Berber. He's actually a um, a guy that films videos here here locally. Well, in in a what was it uh, Tucson, Arizona? Okay. Um, we pitched the idea to him, and we told him um, we we basically wanted to spin a little bit on the you know the the name of the song, which is Harvester, and mm -hmm. have kind of organ harvesting as, as part of the video. And the whole uh, concept is we wanted to start with a very end scene. And this is nothing new, the Quentin Tarantino style. Sure, sure. Start with the very end scene. And then after you see the end scene and you're wondering, you know, what, what the hell is going on here? Um, then start at the beginning and work our way back up to the end scene. So you uh -huh. start context. Yep. Um, when he actually uh, clipped together everything, he went the route of making everything in reverse. So you start with the end scene and then you work all the way back until you get to the very beginning scene. Yep. So the very last scene you see is the very first scene of the of the actual story. Yep. So it makes it really complicated. Um, but the the idea was essentially um, this guy, you know, he lost his job. He's getting foreclosed on his house. His wife is pregnant. He's kind of got all these things going on at one time. And uh, he decides that, um, you know, he's almost in the breaking bed since he's going to, uh, you know, start selling drugs for for the cartel to to make the money, uh -huh. and he uh, he ends up trying to essentially uh, not only uh, sell the drugs but keep the money for himself. And at the beginning of the video, which is the end, he uh, he ends up getting caught by the cartel, who is now you know harvesting his organs for the black market to make the money back that uh, he stole. Hold on, I like to take notes. Let me write this down. <laughs> Don't sell the cartel drugs and keep their money. You have to do one or the other. Okay. There you go. Got it. Okay, good to know. In case I ever get the house foreclosed on. Funny thing is, we filmed this back in I think 2011 or so, and this is before I actually had been binge watched Breaking Bad. Totally so Breaking Bad. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's totally what I picked up on. Where I was like, "Well, these guys are pretty much ripping off Breaking Bad," but you didn't. You didn't know because the timeline didn't allow it. But at first, when I now that I watched it in 2016, I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> totally." I thought the same thing after I watched it, or after I watched Breaking Bad. I had uh, thought back. I'm like, I wonder if Carlos uh, was already onto that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the. Uh, um, <clears throat> I guess I didn't. I didn't catch every single clip with him doing it, but he also sh a lot of the film footage is also literally in reverse. Yep. Like not all of them though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's about half and half. Yeah, uh, I know. I noticed the first one when the car. It looked like the car was pulling in. But it wasn't pulling in. It was actually pulling away, but they, re they reversed the footage so the dirt was going the wrong way. And I was like, whoa, that was a total trip. I had to watch that again. It's pretty neat. Yeah, he, do he does a good job. I mean, he actually, he did, um, he worked on the, the casket party video for us, which was from Hungry Hands. Okay. And, uh, and he, he's had a lot of stuff go on, not to bring too much personally out of, out of his life, but he's had a lot, had a lot of uh, medical and health issues over the last year. So when he first okay. started on casket party for us in the middle of that, he, um, he kind of had to stop and, and we pretty much had to take what was already shot and put together that video. Um, because he, I mean, he was in the hospital for, I think another seven or eight months, um, right in the middle of filming that video. Um, wow. Months. So, wow. Yeah, for several months. And he's, I know he's still going through, uh, surgeries and everything as well. Okay. So, you know, 
our, our best wishes to him. But, uh, but unfortunately the vision that we had for casket party, didn't kind of come, uh, to exactly what we would have liked it to be um, sure. but we had to work based on you know like i said the the very shoestring budget and what we had we kind of had to work with what we have and uh and made it work you know yeah man gotta gotta make <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do man you get one, one of your team went down so you gotta you gotta glue it all together there you go that's cool man you said you've been um you've been doing this for five years you've been doing music for about 15 yep yep let's talk about the first 10 years what were we up to yeah, the the first five or so, I played guitar for a band uh, called Vera Lynn, and I actually, my my father had given me a guitar for Christmas one year, and I think this is probably in eighth grade or or possibly freshman year of high school, and he gave me a guitar, and I I took one look at the thing, and I said I don't want to play guitar in a band, you know, a singer's the one that gets all the girls, um, <laughs> so I let that guitar sit there for for quite a while until I started picking it up, and uh, I think when I realized that I didn't have the greatest singing voice. Um, cause at the time I was actually trying to do a lot more clean and melodies. Sure. Um, that's what pushed me into playing guitar more uh, <laughs> to build on that skill. Um, wait, 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 wait. You didn't pick up the guitar cause you wanted to be a singer cause they get all the chicks and then you tried singing and you're like, Oh shit, I can't sing either. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much how that went about. As I'm talking to the vocalist of a band, it's pretty funny. It's a little, it's, <laughs> it's a crooked, story, crooked right? story, but Hey, here we are. Yeah. So I, uh, so I, so I played guitar for about five years in Berlin and, uh, at the time, we were kind of going for a little, I mean, when we first started off, we're, this is 2000, 2001 or so, 2000, probably about 2001. Uh, when we first started off, we were doing, you know, Deftones covers and and wanted to be more like, uh, like uh, if you've heard Alexis on Fire, we were really into Alexis on Fire and mm-hmm. you and that kind of style. When we thought you was doing the AW Life album, that was just, and Poison the Well, Poison the Well is huge for us too. Yeah. So we we're kind of going for that feel. Uh, we uh, we toured quite a bit with that band, and uh, we actually did Warp Tour in '05 and '06. Um, and then uh, and then when that band actually we we'd been on the road for probably I don't know two or three months, and lots of the guys at the time were just kind of getting burnt out on it. They wanted to come back home. Uh, they wanted to take a little bit of a break and stay home for a while. But at that point, we actually finally got to a point where I felt like we were making enough money to support ourselves on the road and playing the shows that we wanted to play and everything. So it kind of took it, I guess, I was younger at the time. I kind of took it heavy where I said, well, you know, we, uh, we've we worked so hard to get to this point, And now that we're finally here, we're going to give it up to, you know, go on a break for three or four months. We need to keep plugging in at this and keep it going, you know? Right. Uh, so so that's the direction that they went with it. Um, so I had left the band at the time. I had, uh, at the time, wanted to kind of, I guess, I'd take a small break from music. I, I think at the time, I was also kind of like we are talking about with the uh the beat down people and the mosh pits and everything that was kind of taking a toll on me where I just felt like, you know, it's not fun to go to a show and see people, you know, beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I was kind of disheartened from, uh, from all that. So I was going to take a break uh, and get into, well, I guess what people would say a more traditional career. Um, I started writing and recording stuff on my own and just kind of playing the, the instruments and, and taking a stab at vocals um, and, and recording it just for fun, really, you know, putting it out on, on MySpace and Peer Volume, whatever else was out on the time. Okay. The live journal, journal, you know, all those things. <laughs> and uh, and then some guys kind of found it. They stumbled across it a few months later, and very quickly they said, you know, can we, we want to start learning this stuff. We want to start playing it live, um, and you can actually do vocals in it. So that's when I, you know, I'm like, I, I've always kind of wanted to, to take my stab at vocals, and uh. And then I started. We started this band called the Hostage Situation, um, which was more along the lines of Southern metal. It was, you know, very mailing and a sense of disaster uh, okay. and type style. 
uh, did that for about five years. And um, some of the guys started moving, uh, you know, over the course of five years, especially when you're in your uh, mid 20s or so. Uh, that's really when you start finding out where your path is in life. So, so some of the guys started moving, getting married, doing, uh, you know, adult stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it slowly started to fall apart. And uh, once again, I figured I'd take a break and, and long behold, guys from American standards, they, uh, they hadn't had the name yet. They hadn't really had the full band yet, but they, there was a group of guys, about three, um, three guys, Cody, Brennan, and, um, and Jeff, uh, which surprisingly none of them are in the band at this point, but at the time they started jamming and mm -hmm. uh, they found uh, my old band. They asked me if I wanted to come try out, uh, came and tried out, really liked the stuff. And, you know, five years later, here I am. Um, unfortunately, those three are no, no longer in the band, but, uh, but both Corey and I, which are kind of like the original members, right. uh, are. And here we are. Wow. We go. How about that? Yeah, you might have to edit some of that down. That probably was a long story for your for your podcast here. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I only edit out the stuff that makes me sound stupid. I don't care if you. I don't care if you sound long winded. That's fine. I'm just mumbling around and <laughs> people. No, no, this is good. This is what this is. This is what I want. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to ask you just to piss you off, just to Go build this this uh this this 50 minute relationship that we've been building. How did you get? Where'd you get your fan name? I I have a theory. Please, may I may I take a stab at it? I take the stab at it first. I'm hoping you got it. Please tell me it's off the toilets and the urinals. No, that, that's completely wrong, Travis. That's that's kind of embarrassing for you to even say that. Shit. <laughs> it's actually yeah no, it's completely just off the toilet. We uh. Is it really? It is. It I is. love it. You know what? There's been many times where I'm taking a piss into a urinal and I've thought, I think American Standard would be kind of a cool name for a band. <laughs> it, it's kind of weird. You know, we, we picked the name and then this toilet company came out of nowhere and started using it. It was, it was just a coincidence, really. <laughs> no, uh, we, we did the whole, you know, band sits around, uh, sits around and tries to brainstorm band names and everybody, you know, hates everybody else's ideas. Sure. Um, we knew we wanted to go a little bit throughout of kind of more sociopolitical topics and we didn't want to do, you know, pick a, pick a random season or a random color and throw it into a band name. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, no, it's <laughs> a uh, random yeah. color and season, <laughs> you know, whatever that's, I don't know, band name generators, Google, that type of stuff. Month so, verb so, yeah, color. We, we look down at the toilet, we see American standard. Um, 
we uh, debated a little bit if it was going to be American standard, American standards, uh, plural, or the American standard. Um, we stuck with American standards with the S. Uh, we trademarked it, which the S allowed us to do so. Uh, so that's cool. And we spent the past five years talking to people about how the name is a political name or how the name is a spin on the whole idea of like jazz standards. And, it's a euro. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's it's free promotion. That's what it is. It's free promotion. Because every time you look down or every time there's a you know guy in the bar puking in the bathroom, he looks up and he sees American Standard. And he remembers, I remember going to a show like that, you know, a couple years ago or something. I yep. figured in 20 years from now, someone might look down and they'll remember going to one of our shows just because of that American Standard toilet. I, I have two things. I have a suggestion for you. And then I have, and then I have a crazy question. What do you want uh, first? Let's, let's hear the, the suggestion. You know how you have to, you've all been in those bars where somebody went through the trouble to put the picture, put the sticker on or even in the urinal yep. and you're like who drew the short straw or was that like a drunk fan that was just like yeah and they didn't care that they got other people's urine on their hands right yep okay my idea is you guys get stickers with an arrow that points to the american standard on the toilet and refer to that like that's the band name and you don't even have to put american standard on it you can be like yeah best band ever with an arrow pointing to it and that could be your that could be your move Love it. I love it. You Free know, idea. You can have it. It's yours. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll, we'll edit this part out so no one gives you credit for it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> You're like, Travis who? I don't know what he's talking about. Anyway. Yeah. And then the other crazy question, you said uh, you all sat around and you were trying to decide on band names and you hated each other's and everything and you went with American Standards. What were some of the bad ones? Uh, you know, I can't. It's been a while, man. The, the only one I can remember, and it's not a bad one, it's, it's probably one of the the ones that we actually mulled over for a bit was um, Cody at the time, I believe had the name of barricades and we thought about it for a bit. And, and I, I don't know why we didn't go with it um, or what, I don't hate that. Was, but um, that was the only one I could really remember. I can't think of any of the real horrible ones. I think there was just that forgettable, you know, well, but I mean, if you can't remember them, were they like, were they so bad that one of the members was like, Bleh, and they said the name and the other three were like oh are you kidding and the dude was like no seriously that's great like was it one of those situations i i honestly think i mean considering where we landed on with american standards i think we all just sat around and looked around the room at the time said <laughs> lamp nah that's not good how about <laughs> lamp nah <laughs> coffee table nah nah, nah. So the, yeah, the, the sad the sad part is I bet I bet all those are probably already taken from the oh yeah that's that's another the part of the band thing is a uh, yeah this is it's a very quickly drying fountain of of options for names we are I've I've been saying that for a long time we're, we're out we're officially as a planet we're out of band names the good ones are all the good band, ones are all the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die when you have to have a paragraph as your band name that really says how how many options are left. Um, am I really allowed to say what I think about them? I, I don't know that I've heard them. So you can go, you can tell, give me your little 30 second synopsis of what that band sounds like. Watching them play live is as painful as trying to remember their entire name. <laughs> that's that's a rave review. I love it. I love it. <sighs> that was, that was an ordeal. That was, well, is it, is it indie rock or is it, is it what, sure. Punk sure. Or sure. Sure. Remo that everybody's doing. It's 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 um. 
why don't you tell us about the new EP that's coming out for uh, American Standards? <laughs> Good trans uh, transition. I like it. I like it. Uh, or so we actually, hopefully, it's not going to be an EP, and hopefully, we've got a full length. So we've got about twelve songs written right I just now. Pan- I, you're right. You said full length before, and I just panicked. I wanted to get out of that prior conversation. So I you, said you never know if that band's listening, man. That could be your target audience. <sighs> okay. <laughs> You just pissed off a lot of people that are in whatever style that band plays. Whatever. I'll set aside four hours. We can play one of their songs. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, the the new uh, the new album is it should be. Uh, we're working on a full link. We're shooting for uh, writing as much as we possibly can, recording as much as we possibly can, and doing something that I think a lot of good bands do, but we just haven't had the the opportunity to do in the past, which is write more content than we're actually going to put on the album. And okay go through the content and figure out what's the best of it. I like um, it. We've always very much been like a lot of the DIY bands where when you have the opportunity to record and all the stars align, uh, you record what you have and that's what goes on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time around, we're thinking about uh, doing nine or 10 songs uh, of just the best stuff that we've written over the past year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Put out Hungry Hands. Uh, we're recording once again with Andy uh, and Marshall, um, but instead of working at his studio, uh, we're actually going to uh, be going to King Size Labs, which is in um, in California as well as in Los Angeles. And they have a crazy diverse clientele list of people that have recorded albums there. Um, like. I, mean, I, I wish I could tell you all of them off the top of my head, but I remember it was as diverse of, as uh, looking at bands like uh, Cannibal Corpse to, um, to Hawthorne Heights to like Toby Keith. <laughs> Um, and wow. people go there because the, oh, the please studio, tell me they all did a song together. That would yeah, be amazing. Actually, uh, people go there from what I hear and I, I'm not a gearhead. I wish I could play myself off to be one. A couple of the guys in the band are, but, um, okay. But people go there because the, the, the rooms they have there, they have specialized rooms for, um, different, uh, you know, pl- different drum sounds. So depending on what type of drum sound you're playing in a different room because the ceilings are higher or lower. Um, oh, wow. this, uh, they've got, you know, just unlimited supply of different types of, uh, amps and guitars and instruments to play with. Um, so, I mean, their, their tones are just fantastic. So we're, we're going there, we're recording all the instruments there and then, uh, Andy's going to mix and master it. And we're going to send it back out to where we did last time, which is, uh, Brad Boatwright with Audio Siege. Um, so he does bands like, um, he did the defeater albums. He did all pigs must die. Um, nice. he did the off album. So he, uh, he does, you know, oh, right, right. Stuff, but he just records really, really loud or masters very, very loud and very, very crisp tones. Yeah. So that, that's the, the route we're planning on. Is there a, is there a, a target date? Have you guys even started yet or? Uh, we actually, so we, we booked the studio time in June. Uh, so okay. we'll be there for a couple weeks in June. Uh, and granted everything goes as planned. It's going to be before the end of the year that we release it. Um, Beautiful. we're planning on, on doing it, uh, just ourselves again, once again, a DIY release, unless something comes up that's too good to turn down. Right. Uh, we really can't think of too many l- larger labels that we would be targeting or anything. Um, if, uh, once again, like a DIY label, like enjoyment records did for us or something wants to team up with something where they don't own the album, but they, they own a small run of pressing and it also helps us get something in return. Uh, we very well might go that route. Wow. Very good. Yeah. And it, it should be a good one. I mean, I, I really like the progression we've had so far with the songs that we've been writing. Um, I mean, every band says, you know, this next one's going to be our best album ever. 
I, I, I never think that we're going to write the heaviest thing that we've ever written or, or the most technical thing we've ever written. That's never our goal. Um, but what our goal always has been is to, to understand what we did well on our, our, our past uh, songs and what we liked and what the audience seemed to connect with uh-huh. and like, expand upon that um, as well as just kind of expand in all directions, you know, write, um, write something that people don't expect. So just, just, good. just stay true to your heart. And I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking to the general population that's listening. Just stay true to your heart and be excited about what you're doing. If you are not excited about what you're doing, how the hell do you expect me to be excited about it? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're excited and it's, it's, it's been, it's been a good um, process for me too. We just had a lot happen over the last year. Our, uh, our original guitarist, Cody, he actually, he passed away earlier this year. Um, wow. Of suicide. And my father just about two months ago passed away of cancer. And a month prior to that, my grandmother passed away of cancer. So just a lot of, uh, a, lot of a lot of heavy stuff, but, we've always found a way to turn heavy stuff into something that's more positive and constructive. You know, instead of saying, I'm going to dwell on, on this pain, it's more of the, um, well, hell I'm alive right now. You know, L- mm-hmm. let me take advantage of it. My condolences, man. That's man. You've had a, it a rough year. Wow. In a hell of a year, you know, but it's, uh, yeah. like I said, it's what, it's what happens in life and you just kind of figure out the way to get through it and, uh, you know, look towards uh, what's next. Wow. That's, that's, that's cool to hear, man. That's, that's not, that's not, that's not easy to say. Uh, the, the, um, I, I also lost a, I lost a dad to cancer. Not fun. Uh, yep. I don't have any grandmas left either. <laughs> They're all passed away. The suicide thing. Oh my God. Wow. It, it just leaves you so salty and confused. And, and, um, man, I don't, I don't need to talk to you about that. I'm sure you, uh, yeah, it was, it was wrestling your own shit with it. Very, wow. it, was, it was unexpected. Oh, like, I like any of these things are right. Um, I mean, it's the biggest thing I would say is if anybody is going through some stuff right now, I think, you know, the biggest thing you got to realize is just, you know, sleep on it. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to feel a lot different than you do in that moment sure. and, uh, and you'll get through it. You know, there's no other option, but to get through it. Um, talking you know, to somebody, talking to somebody isn't weakness either. Yeah, exactly. You know, taking yeah. your own life doesn't, doesn't end the pain. It just creates pain for other people you know yeah man wow wow what a heavy what a heavy way to lead out of the podcast but i'm glad you mentioned (laughs) that because man people you never know who's listening you you never know what people are going through you know this is true yeah this is true and we we try to um something we've always wanted to do with the band is we want to kind of be able to connect with with people on a level outside of the music itself so what we do a lot with the band is we create um we team up with bands that we enjoy across the, the U.S. and even, I mean, with some of the compilations we made across across the world, where we get bands together, they all donate a track. Uh, we, we find a cause that we all, um, you know, believe in, and we'll release a, you know, release a short run of a couple hundred CDs, put it up online, and all the process uh, profits or proceeds will go to a, a local nonprofit or um, right. a nonprofit that we all believe in. So in the past, we've done. Um, we start off with Halo, which is a no-kill animal shelter. We did Teen Lifeline, which is a uh, suicide hotline for teens. Um, okay. Call in and talk to people. Um, and the one we're actually working on now is going to be for the American uh, Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Okay. Uh, so, that, I mean, obviously a cause that's very close to us. Um, so that, that's something we'd love to do. It, it gets us connected with other bands, gets the bands to find out about bands they possibly didn't know about. 
um, and also connects all the fans together and all for, you know, a really good cause. So we'll put the CDs out. We'll put it online. We'll, uh, we'll typically do like a release show for it. Um, some, some of the bands, like I said, are from all over the place. We had a band from Iran that was on the last one. Cool. Uh, really cool. Uh, really, really cool. A punk rock or hardcore punk band. Um, some bands from Australia, some bands from Mexico and Canada. So obviously we're not flying them over to play the show, but for the bands that can, we'll, we'll sure. do a really go for it and everything. How and those cool are, is that? Go to, uh, if you go to any of our websites or any of our social, social media, we typically have links for them. Um, we release it all under something called Heart Shaped Canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, if you're searching anything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Heart Shaped Canvas is the, the name of kind of the, uh, uh, the thing we release everything under. I will have all these links in the notes of this episode and uh everybody is uh more than welcome to go check that stuff out and you brandon if you have anything going like when the album gets done or when one of these compilations is coming along just we have each other's number now just shoot me a text and i'll throw it on there and i'll I'll throw it into an intro or something let people know that it's going on there you go back to making connections right that's what we hey that's what we do here (laughs) exactly this is cool the only thing I haven't mentioned that I think uh, would be cool to tell everybody about, we are go- hitting the road here pretty soon in May with uh, some good friends in Coma Prevail, uh, which uh, Coma Prevail is Jeremy Talley from the Bleds Band. Okay. Uh, and they actually started off with uh, Tyson from Scary Kids, Scary Kids. Um, unfortunately, Tyson had passed away actually earlier this year as well. Um, okay. So they, they do have a new singer, but they're back on the road and they'll be uh, playing a uh, run of shows with us through, um, let's see, we got Nevada, we're doing Colorado, we're doing New Mexico, Texas, um, let's see, where else, Utah. So all that information obviously is on our website as well. But if anybody's in the area, uh, by all means, stop out and uh, talk to us. Right on. Tell them that you uh, heard Brandon on the As the Story Grows podcast and all of American Standards merchandise will be free that night. No, it comes there again. we got to do that long disclosure thing you know yeah right while supplies last not limited in the eastern right yeah right with a little asterisk next to it and actually none of that was true but there you go cool man great conversation man i'm really glad we got to do this you want to go watch some wrestlemania now there you go hey do you do you watch it all not no not since uh not since i was about eight no you know, I'm I'm not too different other than this this yearly thing that we've, we've been trying to do. Uh, I very much only watch wrestling in the the era of you know when the Undertaker was still wearing you know the purple and all that. <laughs> and that, was even, that was even late for me. I was more of a I'm older than you. How old are you? Thirty. I'm forty. So my uh, my guys were uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Coco yeah. Beware. Nice, very cool. Yeah, I tapped out right around then. <laughs> I think I stopped watching around the, the Attitude Era. So uh, when all that was happening with DX and all that, uh, just around that time is when kind of I, I stopped watching. Um, but we, we occasionally watch, and it's more than anything just a way to get together and kind of have a few beers. That's great. I, 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 lo- I love an excuse to get together with f- friends and other bands that I know and, and just have a drink and act like i'm not 40 that's good i'm glad that's to hear nostalgia people. right that's what that's what getting old is getting old is like getting together with your friends having some beers and talking about times that you got together with your friends and had some beers right and then the next time you get together you can talk about the moment that you're having right now there you Eat go that. that's how Eat this works good <laughs> conversation man yeah hey it was a good time yeah man later
that's completely wrong, Travis. That's that's kind of embarrassing for you to even say that. I just totally grows. We love you. Take care. Bye bye.